The Quocast, a status quo fan podcast. This is Jamie Dyer welcoming you to another edition of The Quocast. And I'm joined once again by record producer John Eden. Thank you once again for joining us, John. Um, the reason that uh, you're here to talk to me today is because you've just um, helped to mix and master a live recording of Status Quotes at the um, Status Quo Fan Club Convention in 2019 of the uh, the track Your Smiling Face, which of course was a Quo track from 79 on the Whatever You Want album, which you helped to um, produce. But how did you get involved with the project? Oh, hi, Jamie. Uh, great to talk to you again. And, and uh, hi to all the fans out there, uh, Quotes and Quo fans on this occasion, I think. Um, so how did I get involved? Well, it, it's, it basically started, I think Ray was, um, following some of my, uh, remix videos, um, on YouTube of the Rockin' All Over the World album. And, uh, at, at one point he kind of reached out to me and said, I think he'd picked up on, uh, something I'd said about the vinyl, uh, vinyl mastering. And as they were doing a, doing a project, uh, uh, he was considering, or the ba their band uh, status quotes were considering, um, actually releasing a vinyl version. And so Ray reached out to me and asked me um, if I'd be interested in doing the vinyl mastering for them. So from that, we kind of engaged in quite a long uh, discussion about the technical differences um, for mastering for, for vinyl versus mastering for CD. And I think it was, it kind of, you know, brought to light that the differences and the things that we used to go through when we were uh, mastering on, on vinyl and, uh, and also the lack now of vinyl mastering rooms. And so if we were going to do it, where was, as I was in uh, the US, where, where, would, where would I master it? And then most importantly, you know, how quick could we ship the lacquers back? to him because they need to be processed and kept at a, at, a, at a reasonably cool temperature and get to the factory to be processed pretty soon after the uh, after they've been cut so that's how it started was at that discussion over doing a vinyl mastered um uh, version uh, of their album we've had ray on the podcast previously and he told us that that kind of fell by the wayside because of the current covid restrictions and stuff and so uh they came about the idea of doing a digital single which is where your smiling face came in i mean what are the um, things because we know it was a live performance and Ray told us that there were some kind of inconsistencies because of like noise gates and stuff that they were using I mean a live performance must be quite different to produce than um, than a studio performance yeah I, I, absolutely I mean it's uh, there's there's a whole different uh, set of um, uh, of things to con consider in actually recording a live, but I th I thought that they, the guys that did all this did a did a did a pretty pretty good job um, in in getting everything across. Initially, uh, Ray had sent me some the files that I think they wanted that 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 they'd been used to working with, but I I'd, I'd asked him to 
expand on that and give me the more raw version of the files. And then I had a lot more to work with in the palette, really, you know. Um, and so it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a fun, real fun project to do. I mean, what a brilliant band. I mean, I was, I was, I mean, he'd sent me some roughs that kind of engaged me in it, in the process. And I was like, I was blown away by them. I, I thought they were, they, they did, did an absolute, you know, superb job. The more I delved and the more I looked at the stuff that they'd done, it was just, it, it was just awesome. But I think the most important thing for me about doing this was the spirit of why they were doing it and why they'd asked me to do it was really in memory of Richard. And so, you know, I was very taken by that. And, and, and of course, I, you know, I wanted to do all I can uh, for them in terms of um, being able to remix and, and, and master for them in, in a digital format, you know. Yeah, which... Uh, I can imagine takes a, a fair amount of time to do because there's a lot more involved than people might realize in mixing something like that. Well, we went back and forwards, you know, I mean, I put an initial mix together, which I'd kind of made more, more towards the studio end. And I sent that to them to get their input. And they, they felt that they needed to have it more, uh, more in it, in a sense of, the more audience kind of ambience in it so we went back and forwards a few times and i submitted different versions to them and then we finally came up with one that they they all loved you know um and it's you know it's an interesting process that we're in now i mean of doing everything remotely and nobody's ever in the same room anymore you know um but uh, it it turned out really well. I'm very proud of the the result, and I and I wish them all the best with it. My goodness, I mean that is uh, it's it's a great you know if if I may say it's a great job. Um, it really captures uh, the sound that they were going for, and of course you have um, somewhat of a claim to the original sound that they were aiming for because you were in the studio uh, with Quo in 1978 recording your smiling face. I mean, do you have any memories of recording that, that track? Not specifically, Jamie, to be quite honest. I mean, you know, it's an awful long time ago now. Um, so I, you know, I, 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 I try to push, you know, when, whenever I'm going back into this history, you know, I try and retrieve certain key things, mem you know, from memories of the events, but sometimes it's, it's quite often, things that happened outside of the studio or, or in, on one occasion on the journey to the studio for me that come up, come back to mind. And I'll just share this little story for you. And being as status quotes, you know, are, are Dutch, and you know, they'll, they'll, I think that, and the, the large amount of their fan base, I think you'll get a chuckle out of this one. But during the course of the album, we'd actually of of of, of recording um, you know, whatever you want. We had, um, uh, we 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 rented some bikes. We were staying in a in a motel, which we'd basically taken over, called the Compass Motel in Utrecht. So we we used to, we started off going to the studio in a van, and then somebody had the idea. It might have been Bob Young. I can't remember now about actually renting some push bikes, and 
cycling to the studio in the morning and then at night we'd have the roadie put all the bikes in the in the in the van and bring them back to the hotel and then we'd we'd come back in the cars or in the buses you know so this one morning we set out and i've got i've i'm on this bike and i've got i've got behind me francis and richard and i'm trying to be a bit jack the lad on this particular occasion and be ahead of both of them right and then so we're going along by this dike and everything's going well and then all of a sudden i see i'm i'm heading straight to this intersection of this major highway right so i grab my brakes i go for the handlebars to grab the brakes like you would do on a normal english bike and they're not there and so i'm just like I can't stop and I'm going I go careering over this highway fall fall off the bike into another dike. Now the the chances of another vehicle coming down and completely obliterating me at that point was was pretty high. But I was just so lucky at that point that there was no other car on the road and I just went straight across and of course there's Francis and Richard pissing himself behind me at the sight of me falling off the bike in the other side and almost going right into this other dike. So it became a kind of, you know, a talking point and a sense of a, a great humorous point for, for the rest of the album. And uh, needless to say, it was probably the last time I went on a bike during that particular period in Holland. But, um, you know, I mean, I'll never forget it. And I'll always remember that if I'm on a bike again ever in Holland, that uh, I need to pedal backwards to stop it and not go for the brakes on the handlebars because there probably won't be any. That must have been quite an experience for you, quite terrifying. Well, it was at the time, but it got a great laugh from all the members of the band. At the, you know, they, and I think they remembered it for many years after. <laughs> so <laughs> it was all part of it at the time. I mean, we had a few experiences out there in Holland. I mean, that was just a small one. I mean, the, the thunderbolt that struck the outside of the building, and that was, I think I told you about that before. But that was um, that was quite quite devastating and put us out of action for three days as well. But, you know, I mean, we, we, um, we, had, a good, we had a good time there in Holland. It was a perfect setup, um, renting this motel, and we pretty much took all, took all the rooms there. And it was just... Uh, a great way of, of recording of all being together and having these journeys into the studio every day yeah i mean the the sound on whatever you want is uh is a good one a little bit more commercial than previous efforts but it's a it's an interesting sound and it's one that i think status quotes has definitely mastered i i think not only th not only that but i mean if if you i don't know if you've got a got a hold of their dvd now that they're just about to release or just released which is just outstanding. I mean, not only in in terms of the the songs of, that I'd recorded uh, or produced, but also going going back into earlier quo. I mean, their attention to detail and how they put every single song under the microscope, I think, is absolutely incredible. I mean, I mean the. The only thing that is missing from you not thinking that you're actually at a quo gig is just the banter. Is just hearing Fra Francis and Richard's banter with the audience. 
you know other than that on a, on a kind of purely on a performance basis they've they've really got the band down you know and you know unfortunately and sadly we're never going to see a state a status quo of this period again but if you want to come come close to it you know when the covid thing you know um heals go and see a status quotes concert because it's the next best thing i think you know i i think it is i haven't seen them live and i haven't got the dvd but i have heard uh clips from their gigs including the minehead gig and you're right there's lots of really early stuff on there uh there's bits from sort of the mid 70s mostly with an emphasis on things that they didn't play live and i don't know whether you have kind of an opinion on why they might not have played some of these songs live maybe because of the overdub issue um well i don't, I don't know i'm not not really i'm not really didn't didn't really have an opportunity or think about uh talking to ray about that i mean there's certainly there was some overdubs on you know things that i did there i'd like don't drive my car and you know hold you back and and hard time um but i mean they've 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 got a pretty widespread history i mean the live at minehead dvd that was uh done with andy gamble there who you know um uh, di directed it and edited it i think they, they did a they did a terrific job and i i hope you i hope you get a copy um because i i, I got mine here in the u.s the other day and and sat the whole evening thoroughly entertained and and so impressed by the their performance and wished wished i could have been at minehead um to have witnessed it live but seeing the dvd is is the next best thing you know well i can tell that you're very enthusiastic about it and uh what are you up to aside from status quotes these days well i've just been uh working with a with an old band that uh i'd i'd actually produced back in the late 80s um a band from Ireland called Silent Running. I don't know whether you recall them or not, um, but they did did a lot of touring. Um, they they were uh, op opened up on one tour for uh, Simple Minds, and they were signed to Atlantic Records actually in New York. And um, I I'd, I'd first met them when they they rented my my residential studio called Brook House that was up in Suffolk. They they did an album there with uh, with I purely rented the facility you know provided all the accommodation, um, but they were working on the the album that they 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 first did at my studio there, um, with Rush producer Terry Brown, and um, they they were a great bunch of guys. I got to know them pretty well, and we'd go out to the pub all together sometimes and have a pint at the end of the day um and about a year after they'd put that album i had a call from peter price at, at uh it was running the a and r department at atlantic and he said would you be interested in doing an album with them and i said well you know why are they not working with terry again and they he said well they just wanted a change and he said i i know of your work and um I think it would be great if 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 they went in with you the this next round. So I'd done this album and it it was delivered to Atlantic, um, 
and unfortunately it, it, it got lost in the US uh, area there of Atlantic their their A&R man Frankie LaRocca um, he he went to work for another company and um, and sadly it, it, it got lost but it was an album that I was really very proud of and I'd kept in touch with Peter Gamble the lead singer you know over the years and um and I was always encouraging them to reform. And then one day out of the blue, Peter uh, sent me a text and he said, oh, we've got back together and we've we've done our first gig in like, I don't know how many years, whether it was 15 years or so. And so from that, they then decided to go back into the studio. So he'd sent me a you know a mix that they'd done and i said oh you know peter i think i think i could have a go at, at, at doing that for you so he sent me the files over you know just in the same way that that ray from status quotes had and uh and i and, you know, i've had a good a good uh few days of mixing that so that's that's kind of my latest thing whether it'll get released we have to wait and see in this current current climate you know so that that album that you recorded all that time ago with them is completely lost even now well it's it's lost in terms of that people didn't really get to hear about it because it didn't have any promotion right you know um it's 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 out there somewhere but um it, it unfortunately i mean they had everything in place it was like one of those like perfect seemed to be the perfect setup but I think what happened is the new A&R guy, that's quite often happens in record companies or did in that period, comes in and he's interested in promoting and bringing in in his own his own acts. And this was an act of Frankie's and uh, in the U.S. certainly in the U.S. side, and um, and and they got they got lost in that in that reshuffle within the label, you know. And after that, I think they were pretty despondent. I mean, they were managed by Part Rock, who who were uh, the managers uh, of uh, ACDC at the time. So they had they had pretty heavyweight management as well. Anyway, so it's it's been really fantastic. I mean, I'm I've got to tell you. I mean, now I'm 65. I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying this kind of renaissance and, and looking back on some of these. Um, artists that, that i'd worked with and especially with 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 silent running and 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 also with the relationship that i built with with status quotes you know i mean um that was 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 a blast to kind of you know have up on the faders you know this song that i'd recorded all those years ago with a whole new set of guys playing it you know my goodness i mean you, it must have really helped with the memories. The memories must have come flooding back. Yeah, I mean, there's certain it, it did bring back memories to me. It it brought back memories of my last conversation with Richard, you know, and 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 we hadn't when I had my last Skype conversation with him, we hadn't talked for a long, a long, long time, and he, he honestly he was looking so well, and he was so enthusiastic and. And I was at that point, you know, I it was really because of Alan that I'd kind of reconnected with him um, through the 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 possibility of, of of doing this PLC project. And for you know all the fans that out there that doubt that this this was going to come to fruition, I I can I can tell you that it was definitely on the cards. 
And, uh, you know, Alan had sent me four uh, demos that he'd made. And on two of these demos that he had managed to get Richard's parts on. So there does, there, there, there definitely exists two songs that Alan had written that Richard's played guitar on. Now, um, and and my, I really, when I was spe speaking to Richard at that point, I mean, apart from seeing how he was, I, I wanted to encourage him to, to, you know, really to get involved in this PLC. And I saw that we really should be thinking about doing a whole album. I mean, I'd even got a studio in Thailand where I was living at the time, all kind of lined up and support of the studio owner to kind of underwrite the project so it was um uh it was really a shock you know you know when we lost him i mean i think we'll all remember where we were at that time you know that moment that we get the news a bit like you know for me when kennedy got shot you know i mean you just certain things always stick with you and, and certainly hearing the sad news from my brother i mean i was in santa barbara in california on christmas day and i got this call from my brother it was just it was just awful and so that that really as i said it all kind of made sense in terms of this song and the reason that they were doing it really and having me involved just for this one song really was a tribute to richard you know and a wonderful tribute it is and thank you for sharing um your thoughts on that as well as other things as well and if people want to find out about status quotes uh, they can check out the website statusquotes.nl they can also um, stream the track on spotify your smiling face and i think it's available to download across all digital platforms and with that um, john eden i'd like to say thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today Okay. Well, it's great great to chat with you again, Jamie, and I hope everybody's there is staying safe as the best they can and coping with the lockdown that we seem to be going back and forwards with, you know. Um and uh, I wish everybody uh, everybody well. Take care. <laughs>